Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier NFT art podcast. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating amazing art. We're excited to help you in your collecting journey. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Collector's Corner. Uh, Today, we are going to be doing the first episode in a series that we're calling Around the Corner. So we're not doing a deep dive into a collection today, but we're going to talk about this really interesting stuff going on in the gen art world and where we see it going and how it might impact collectors. And we think you should really know about that. Before diving into the topic, I want you to know that we're incorporating timestamps into our podcast. So this will you know, we'll be talking a little bit about today, this company called DECA and a few other things. And we'll have timestamps all in the show notes so you can hop to whichever part is most relevant for you. Also, we really recommend this episode. You go on video. We will have a companion DECA gallery, as we always do. But this time, we'll be showing you DECA and uh, some of the features that are on the website. So we think it will be best done by video. We'll say everything out loud that we're doing for folks who are listening on audio only. But we do recommend you check out our YouTube video for that. And you can find that in the show notes at www.collectorscorner.xyz. Okay. So I'm Aston Cloud. I go by P. Your host, I'm joining my co-host uh, Jared. I go by JPaws on Discord and Jared underscore Paws on uh, Twitter. Jared is always is looking great. I forced him to be on video at first because he looks so good, and I think that everybody needs to see this. Uh, I even dressed up myself a little bit, but you're, as always, putting me to shame. Going for best dressed in Web three. That's what. That's my uh, one. Of, one of my long term goals here. You, you already got it, my friend. You already got it, my friend. So, <laughs> yeah, J, I'm about to share a screen, but J-Pause, what, what are we talking about today? Today uh, is something that we've both been nerding out, uh, each to a little bit of a greater degree than, than another. But we're going to talk about DECA. DECA, the platform and the, the gallery, I'll call it platform for NFTs. That's right. DECA is super interesting. It's been taking up a crazy amount of my attention over the last few weeks and more so in the past week. And we, you know, the the TLDR here is that I think DECA is building out the metaverse. I think that they have started the race to building out this community centered token gated metaverse. And I'll talk to you, we'll talk more about like what that means and what that could be. But we think that this is a really interesting, innovative experiment going on that could be really big. And what's also really fun about it is there's a ton of generative art included as part of the, the Decaverse, as they call it. And a lot of potential collectability, a lot of items you could collect, a lot of opportunities for potential collectors. Highly speculative right now, but we thought that everybody should know because it's just so fun to play around with and it's a big thing happening in the NFT space. And they're really starting with NFT art and generative art first. And potentially there's some upside there and some alpha to be had as well. So we think you'll really enjoy this episode. And uh, yeah, you want to you wanna kick it off? J-Pause, tell us about DECA and just the high level. Like, what is it? So looking at on screen right now, we're, we're actually on the Collector's Corner DECA page. So please feel free to join us there. And in a shameless plug, this is actually where we all of the DECA galleries for all of our episodes. So you can see uh, Anti-Cyclones up, one for DECA, and then uh, one for Meridians, which will soon be coming out. And you can see here that, so P puts in a lot of time into these, and you can see that the, the output on this one is absolutely uh, breathtaking. But 
what you can put in not only like a narrative and descriptors, but you get to upload NFTs. And what's cool is you can personalize it and make it uh, representative of your own personal collection. And then you can also open it up to a the, the greater collection or collections. And, and it's agnostic to to a um, to a platform. So you can do Tez, ETH. I don't even know if I don't collect on Lana. So, but you can see here, like it's the, these are incredible. Like, and it, it really becomes a curation tool and it's pretty simple. You can see on screen here, you, you put in a title. Yeah. So, so we are at Deca.art. You can come and log in. And as Jay Pauls was describing, Deca allows you to very easily and quickly spin up a gallery. So you can spin up what's called a simple gallery, which is really easy. You know, we'll just take a couple of our NFTs. You just click on them here. We have this hello test gallery. We didn't call it anything. And boom, here's our gallery. Anybody can see this. And so it's almost like anybody can be a curator. It, they resize the images in really nice ways for these simple galleries. And if you just go on the left here, you log into DECA, there's these categories, Gen Art, DECA Dawn, et cetera. And we'll get to these uh, a little bit later and describe what this is. It's, it's a relatively new feature. But you can go and see what other people are posting. You go over here to the Gen Art page. There's 123,000 members. Oh, j Look at that. Right on top, baby. I, this, this was not planned. It just happened to be there. And you can go and click through people's galleries and comment on them. Well, actually, in this open Decagon, or sorry, this open square, I'm not sure if you can comment, but on a lot of them, you can comment. And it's kind of fun to see what people are collecting. And the key here is unlike other gallery programs, this one allows you to create a gallery of any NFT out there. It does not have to be an NFT that you own. And so uh, that is actually different and unique. And the other thing that Jay Paul was talking about is you can create a freestyle gallery. So a freestyle gallery is a lot more creative and free form. And that's what our galleries are. And we can show you some more examples of those as well as we go on. And yeah, so that's sort of the, the currently the current use of DECA. And, and how, how do you like it so far, Jay Paul? Like, how do you like the experience? So... I stay in the simple galleries and, and I, I think it's amazing. So I've, I've curated one for my personal squiggle collection. I've also curated one for like Factura that was, you know, just based on uh, the collection in itself. So, you know, it, it's really easy to do and it's, it's got a low level of friction for entry, which I found really, really inviting. I mean, it was fun and it's been somewhat addictive the entire time, honestly, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. And they're, they're really layering in some social components. And so we'll, we'll talk about where they might be going from the stuff they've been rolling out. And I, I thought a good way to talk about this would be to sort of go through the timeline of DECA and, and get you all a little bit of background. And so they actually had this tweet storm. So now we're on Twitter for those listening on audio. Their Twitter is at 0xDECAART. And they have a tweet storm from May 17th, 2020 that really lays out a lot of their philosophy and what they are trying to build. And I, I'm not going to read through all of this. There are a couple of these tweets that I do want to show you, but I want to start by saying Tekka is a, you know, they've kind of been under the radar. They've been building this out and I hadn't heard about them too much, uh, but 
though I did hear about them relatively early on because one of or the founder of DECA, who goes by Bonafide Han, is in Grailers. He's in Grailers now. And so I was exposed to DECA and not knowing too much about it, I really got engaged in it because it was just fun. And they are have a seriously impressive backing. You want to talk about their investors, J-Pods, and some of the artists they have behind them? So the, the backing is something that I think is most intriguing to me. I mean, they, you know, Derek Edwards of Collab. Right here, Collab Currency. Collab Currency, Jesus. You know, JDH, um, there's Flamingo. Like, there's a ton of good money behind it. I think it's something that, you know, even like Snowfro will put some money into it. So I think that... And Snowfro is the founder of Artblocks, if, uh, for those who are not familiar. And so when you're thinking about like people at the forefront of the NFT and the people who are and have been looking around the corners and seeing stuff before it became big, I mean, there's some really foundational people there. I mean, even looking on screen, one of... Uh, an individual that I've had a, a tremendous amount of engagement with and, and somebody who has been absolutely super supportive of me is, is Von Mises. I mean, these are people who were early to, to art blocks, obviously, but early to punks. I mean, you start looking at the people and the money behind it. You start to say, if, if they're all looking here, why, why shouldn't other people? These are some, some serious big brains in the NFT art world and certainly the generative art world. And in addition to having really well-known collectors, investors, and builders in their seed round. DECA also has some extremely well-known artists who have been supporting. Tyler Hobbs, Justin Aversano, who's really big on the photography side. Uh, Thomas Peterson of Screens name. Uh, Aaron Penn, uh, Mitch, uh, Mitchell Chan. So some really, really in, an impressive team. And uh, other artists have been involved in helping out X-Copy, for example, uh, this video, I believe, was helped made in part by Tom Sachs, who I know you're a huge fan of Jay Paul. So they have connections. Is uh, Let's put it that way. And I don't think it's for... Uh, I don't actually know the background of the founder, Bonafide Han. Uh, shameless plug, I would love to have you on the podcast and talk more about DECA. I'm obsessed with it. But, you know, that... So, so great setup, good funding. $6.2 million doesn't sound like a lot, but they're a pretty lean team from what I can tell, I think maybe five or six people, and they have been shipping, shipping, shipping. Uh, so they're doing an awesome job executing right now. And uh, all these tweets that I'm scrolling through here, this is their philosophy, and, and I'll lay it out to you. Essentially, they define, they have a huge mission. This is a really, really big idea, which I love. They are defining the metaverse as the existence or the realness of digital objects. So they say, you know, if you're playing a game on Roblox and Roblox deletes their database, then whatever items you picked up no longer exist. So existence or reality has to do with the permanence of digital objects, which we now know on the Ethereum blockchain in particular, but in blockchains in general, NFTs can stick around for a lot longer. And of course, I say the Ethereum blockchain because some other blockchains may eventually die out and all that data might be lost. But most people believe that the Ethereum blockchain will continue perpetually. And that's why some art is given a premium if it's fully on-chain, because it's seen as essentially safer. Now, they say, okay, we, we need to keep the realness of digital objects. So now we have a true metaverse. And their mission truly, which is laid out here in number 17 in their tweet thread, is they want to build the systems and protocols that surface these digital objects. And they're starting with powerful creativity tools like the Freestyle Gallery. So essentially, 
they want to make it a lot easier for you to find these NFTs and interact with them and interact with the people that are building, uh, or sorry, that are holding these NFTs. So here, number 19, this is really important. We're building the tools of commerce that integrate the soon-to-be massive economy, like the storefront that aggregates listings across all marketplaces. So there's a commerce angle to it. It's not just showing off your galleries and, and liking them. There's more that they're building with here. And J-Pause, you, you know, the, the part that really excited me, and I don't think we've even talked about this yet, number 24, they said, already we started building the graph of these objects where galleries refer to other objects, whether it's owned or not, et cetera. I think that they are potentially trying to build a, a better search function for finding NFTs that you may want to buy or trade for. That is really interesting. And you were talking about them being cross-chain. Um, I forgot to show folks over here. So for those listening, I'm going to switch back over to our DECA profile. And when you create a gallery, you can go cross-chain and you can search for NFTs here. You see right here, it says search for block by blockchain. So right now they've incorporated Ethereum, Tezos, Bitcoin, Polygon, and Solana. So this is on the screen where you can create your own gallery. And when you go to choose your NFT, there's a little a tab there for searching by blockchain. So this is not uh, any specific blockchain central, really, really interesting stuff that they've been doing. And as a part of this, I mentioned they've really had a lot of top artists engaging. I, I want to show you guys this freestyle gallery. So there's a freestyle gallery by a user called meta underscore char C-U, C-H-A-R-S-I-U. And this was for a contest by the artist Zankan. So Zankin is extremely well known in the uh, FX hash community. He actually has the highest selling item and, and probably the highest selling collection, although I have to look at those numbers on FX hash. And it is the highest selling collection. I mean, I think he has even like the top four or five sales. I mean, some of his uh, monoliths have just been doing numbers. Prolific, prolific. And, and the, the highest sale was over $100,000 that just happened, I want to say last week, very recently. So it's not like these are small amounts by any means. It even relative to the Ethereum blockchain or Ethereum NFT sales. And Zankin is a generative artist. And this is so cool. He had a competition and the winner who created the best gallery uh, got a one of one from him, which I mean, that could be worth a million dollars someday. And it's probably worth at least a hundred thousand right now. And this user won that. And it's a beautiful gallery. Uh, you can see this person is way better <laughs> making galleries than I am I'm trying to get to that level. but. The way that they put the text in different places and you know the different backgrounds. And what's really cool is down here, if you keep scrolling down their gallery, you'll find they actually put an NFT as a background for part of it, which was just really creative and interesting. And so there's a lot you can do with these just purely from the gallery standpoint. That's really fun. And like I said, a lot of these artists have been involved. And then you know the next thing they did was roll out these decagons and maybe we should just jump in and, and talk about these decagons because they're so cool. You wanna you wanna talk about those, Jay Paws? Yeah, the decagons where I've really been playing around for a little bit. You know, the, the decagon in particular, uh, when you I'm sorry, uh, I shifted over to OpenSea uh, decagon, so that's that's the screen we're looking at now. And you you can just direct me wherever you want, Jay Paws. Yeah, so the the decagons are and. and infinite algorithm generated in collaboration with the artist from archetypes uh, golly so he's it's created by this algorithm there's no limit on it. it the only limit is the amount of 
users currently on Decagon, which seems like it could be a lot, but we'll get into kind of that later on. And as you engage with Decagon, you get a something called Deca Experience Tokens or DXP. And that is how you then level up your actual Decagon. So it starts as a very basic product. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. So on the screen here is I'm showing level zero Decagons. So this is what Jay Paul says. So when you, anybody who uses Deca can mint a Decagon. It's an NFT that's essentially your access token to Deca. And there are 36,000 of them. So they're unlimited. But when you first get them, they start as level zero and they're fairly basic. And then I'll let you explain. As you, as you engage with the platform more, you get DXP. And then if you elect to, then you can spend that DXP to level up your Decagon. And as the Decagon levels up, it introduces, it may introduce new colors. It introduces new blocks, new dimensions. So these, these, the blocks that are currently on screen start to become three-dimensional or they'll come out of the screen. And and you can really, uh, it's a gamification of, of the engagement and you can start at zero and go all the way up to the today's maximum, which is level 30. One of the things that I'm fascinated with is initially I thought, you're like, oh, this is perfect. I'll get to like pick my colors. I'll get to like pick my block layout. This is an algorithm. So you're subject to, when you upgrade, you're subject to the output that it creates. And you're only allowed to, for every DECA account you have, you only get one DECAGON, which is something that's really intriguing. So you're, I don't want to say stuck with the color you get. You can obviously go on on OpenSea and you know, maybe pick up a color or color palettes or level up uh, further along the way than, than you're currently experiencing. But, you know, this is, you know, we always talk about different, you know, in, in the collector's corner, we talk about, you know, some really high-end, NFTs. This is, you know, a really affordable entry, not only into the generative art space, but into a community. Um, and you know, for for me, it, you know, it's like a, for me, it's a it's a really intriguing way because you can play this one of a multitude of ways. We've seen some big collectors starting to come in, you know? And before you jump into the different ways people are collecting these, Jay Paws, I, I just want to reiterate a couple of things you're saying. So this is an infinite generative algorithm that currently every, so every single time somebody mints a Decagon, there's the randomness from any generative algorithm that comes out. Some of them are blank, some of them have colors, like Jay Paws was talking about. And then every single time you level this up, they evolve. And so if you take a look at the level 30s, these decagons have gone through 30 evolutions. It's almost like running the algorithm again. And you start seeing some crazy outputs. And you know we're showing you level 30s. This is currently the max. It sounds like that's going to be increased. But it's also, you know, there's everything in between. Like you can take a look at the level 13s and say, you know what? There are some really cool outputs here. So we've talked about the visuals here, right? And again, like Jay Paul said, you were getting a world-class generative artist piece of work that is this crazy experiment that continues to evolve. And some of them look really, really cool. I mean, a, a lot of these are awesome. And okay, so what, what is a level? What does it mean if it's a level zero or level one? So Jay Paws was talking about this DXP concept. So if you go to your DECA profile and you go over your DECA gun, you can see how much DXP you have and how much you've earned. And you can go and upgrade your DECA cons. And 
if you know if anyone hasn't done this yet, it's worth it to get a free Decagon, create a gallery, get some experience, and just click upgrade and see what happens. It is really cool to see it happening in real time and see how your Decagon evolves. And it's it's a very addictive experience. Uh, and some of them look well really cool. And so yeah, let, let's talk about collectability. Like, what, what are some of the collectors doing out there, Jake? Pause. Like, how are they interacting with these decagons uh, in terms of collecting them? So, I think something that's like really intriguing. You talked about like there's thirty five thousand of these. So, you know, anybody who's who's looking at these and thinking they're going to jump in today and and it's going to be worth a hundred ETH in the future. Again, I can't predict it, but the likelihood of something being a hundred ETH while jumping in now, I don't feel like it's super high. But there is some asymmetric plays here that are really intriguing. I mean, we've started noticing some higher-end collectors and funds jumping into double-digit decagons. So obviously, it's just uh, just with the the number, for example. I mean, you can see it on screen right now. It's a little bit of a, a ploy, but decagon. We're on, we're on a, I'm sorry, we're on OpenSea. We have ordered the decagons in order of highest last sale. And I mean, Decagon number four was sold for three ETH and it's currently listed at 44. Now, it will sell for 44. I don't know if it's that or Flex, but it's a really intriguing play that the, you know, here's something that was free to mint and somebody's leveled it up, not completely. And it's currently, I mean, somebody pocketed three ETH as a result of being an early adopter. So the, I think that there's, you know, we all fall into two categories, like the person who has a about near unlimited or substantial funds. And what we're seeing is that they're jumping in, they're, they're collecting, they're collecting level thirties, they're collecting, I'll call it aesthetically pleasing uh, outputs and these low single to double digit uh, integer decagons. I mean, people are spending some real money on these things. I think that uh, the the and, and and if you're Again, DECA is still in the midst of uh, launching. I mean, they launched just back in May, so it's only been three or four months. But the reality is... It might have actually been in April. Uh, I, don't, I don't quite remember, but in that time frame. Close, so three or four months, right? So, and the, you know, what's intriguing is you can still get some of these early pieces for an ETH or two, or, you know, put in, we started seeing some wrapped ETH bids come in. So affordable if you're betting on the longevity of the the output, right? I think the other thing that's intriguing is an individual who maybe is a little bit newer or doesn't have the bankroll of the higher end collectors. You know, there's really two particular plays here in my mind is one, you jump in and you get uh, something that's aesthetically pleasing. And the floors on these, you know, especially you can get them for 0. 0.00 one or 0.002 ETH. So you're talking about 35, 40 bucks, nothing particularly expensive. So P just sorted it as I'm jumping around in my narratives, he's jumping around OpenSea to now sorting from lowest cost. Somebody can jump in at a low level at literally, you know, 20, 30 bucks. And you can pick items that are are aesthetically pleasing and potentially flip them in the long-term hold and flip. Or the really interesting play here is a level of 30 right now is selling for around 0.1 ETH. So you can buy in at fractions, grind out the the time and stacking the DXP like we talked about through engaging and level these things up and put them back on, on OpenSea. You know, th- there's 
again, it's grinding. There's certain daily limits to, to spending and accumulating. But for an individual who's really, really willing to hustle, there's real opportunity for real money here to stack ETH. Yeah, and I, I think this is a really important point that has come up a lot as we've been talking to each other and thinking about DECA. Right now, DECA is really done an excellent job in gamifying the system. And they are giving you experience for engaging on the platform for uh, what, what they do actually every day. I'll flip back over to our DECA profile again. If you click on the DXP portion of that DECA profile, there are quests that happen every single day. And right now, a lot of the activity is being driven by these quests. Naturally, people want DXP. And why do you even want a level 30 Decagon? Well, of course, they look interesting and they evolve and there's the art, but it gives you this multiplier here on the DXP that you can earn per day. If this is sounding a little bit Ponzi to you, uh, that's probably because it is a little bit Ponzi. Anytime you're bootstrapping a network, you need to incentivize people to come on before you roll out the features that keep them there. And so that's, uh, you know, again, like I mentioned the DECA founder is in Grailer's DAO. He has not told us anything at all. Very tight-lipped. But uh, this is my impression of what's going on. So I have, I have no knowledge of what's happening here with DECA going forward. But clearly, there's a lot of interesting collector behavior happening even outside of the DXP. And I bring this up because really for us, as we think about collectors, uh, yes, buying a level 30 Decagon gets you more DXP. But in the long run, I'm not sure the high level is really what people are going to be collecting around. Uh, I think that people will certainly be collecting around these low digit, uh, low ID number. And I, I'm trying to pull it up here in OpenSea. So if you go to OpenSea Decagons and you sort by oldest, you will see the, the lowest IDs. And you can see that uh, a lot of the really low ID numbers, single digits are completely locked up. Really interesting collecting behavior. We see this in squiggles as well, where people want day zero squiggles or squiggles with a lower ID number. And there's even a higher premium on single digit and double digit ID squiggles. So squiggle number 17, for example. We're seeing this with ENS domains where there is the 10K club. So 9999.eth, et cetera. And now we're seeing it with Decagon. So there's something about these almost, well, squiggles are not boundless, but Decagons are boundless. ENS domains are infinite. There's something about that where collectors still want to try to put some parameters around it and still collect around it. Uh, even though at this point, there's no clear reason. Or it's, I mean, I haven't noticed this, but you have it on screen. Deca number 10 or Decagon number 10 sold for 10 ETH, last sale, 10 ETH. I mean, that's, that's a statement right there, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's beautiful, and, by the way. It is beautiful. And I think it shows you that people are really bullish on DECA. There, this person was willing to spend 10 Ether on that, not knowing if the platform will even be around in a year. And, you know, do I know if it'll be around in a year or not? I certainly think so. I can't say for sure. But I think this speaks to how innovative and engaging what they've been doing is on multiple levels. The the infinite generative algorithm with the Decagon, the galleries and the ability to sort of see NFTs more easily and, and make any, everybody's a curator now. You can be a curator and set up your own really nice looking gallery for any NFT out there. Their gamification, the way they're using DXP, which by the way, I mean, I think that eventually this DXP will turn into an airdrop. It, it's effectively acting like a token right now. Uh, the only difference is you don't buy or sell it on Uniswap. The only place you can get it is in DECA. I don't know if that'll happen. Again, 
not financial advice, zero idea if this is where they're going with it, but it makes sense. And you see the behavior that people are, you know, people are very incentivized by this DXP. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to like, what do you actually use the DXP for other than upgrading the Decagon? And I have some thoughts on where that might be going as well. But takeaway is there's a lot of really interesting ways to collect. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about the ID numbers, but there are also some really awesome outputs. Uh, I mean, Jay Paws was right before this, he was talking about how he's found a few that he thinks that look really cool and they're super cheap. So why not pick them up? Well, so I mean, literally just for research of what we were, you know, pre-gaming for this thing. I mean, there's stuff that's below 0.02 ETH that are just beautiful. And I could see myself, I'm going to, after this, acquire them, level them up if I want to, keep them if I don't. I mean, admittedly, I have a level one that I absolutely adore for its simplicity. It reminds me of an archetype, so I'm keeping it. I have a level nine that I just thought was absolutely stunning and bought it. And, and again, these are probably talking about $35 in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, it's it's a... It's, it's a reasonable entry point. And then to compound it even further, one thing we didn't talk about collectability is as you amass more of this stuff, they're rewarding collectors with drops. So, you know, the the right-click save, it's a really interesting social experiment where they dropped different colored pixels to fill in the actual right-click save image in the pixelated form, obviously. And P was smart about this and was able to, to pick up a pink you know, and those are selling for five ETH. I mean, yeah. Let, let, let me give it a, a tiny bit of context on that because this is another really interesting. It's not quite generative art, but it is an art experiment and a community experiment they're running. So on the screen here is Decada.art slash RCS, and what you see on the right hand side is this image of it's an NFT. It's called Right Click Share. Now this is made by XCopy. It's pixel art, ten thousand or sorry, a thousand and twenty four pixels, and what this is, is this really cool experiment where everybody who owns a pixel has to go to this website and attest their pixel. And if they do that, instead of showing up as blank or as white, the pixel will fill in the color. And the question is, will everybody do this, come together and fill in this picture? Now, at the bottom here, not all of them have been given away. There's still a few that are left to be raffled. And that's why this last row and part of the, the second to last row is in white. But, you know, th- this is in the image of XCopy's famous right-click save as guy that sold for 1600 ETH, I believe it was, one of the, the highest sales on Super Rare. And XCopy made this art. So Deca just gave away technically a thousand XCopy pieces. And uh, what's really cool is that there are different colors here. You can make sets around them. And every single year, everybody has to come back and reattest. So... The real question is next year, will, well, well, first of all, this year, will everybody fill this out? And then will they come back and reattest it? And, you know, to Jay Paz's point, DECA is giving away this stuff free, right? These pink pixels, which there are 27 of them, they make up the glasses on the right click share. So they're the most rare ones. Some of these sold for six ether. I mean, these are the highest sales. We're now in OpenSea looking at the highest sales for a right click share. That's pretty, it's, it's a lot of value that they are literally just giving away. And they can do this because they've been very smart about how they're sequencing things and gamifying it. And they paired with the best artists in the space. I think it's pretty remarkable that, that they've done that. And, you know, one other thing I wanted to hop to real fast to, to tie up the Decagons, j Paws, is some of these Decagons look incredibly cool as just 
solo pieces. And you may not want to upgrade it. So this one here is a level one. It's not a high level, really interesting red color. And this was purchased, if you scroll down, uh, and I'm looking at Decagon number 11179 for those uh, on video, or sorry, audio only. And if you look down here, this was bought by 0.47 two months ago. This was a long time ago. So this, this was not a recent sale. And another Decagon that I think looks awesome that I wanted to highlight is 8177, held by Bonafide Han. And Bonafide Han bought this one. It's, it's really cool with these green columns and these, this 3D structure that just emerged randomly. It's a level 10. So again, not a high level. This was bought for 0.269 a month ago. So it, it just goes to show you that there are layers of collectability with Deca. With the Decagons themselves, there are that low ID numbers. There are the ones that look interesting. You could collect high numbers. You could collect one of every level if you wanted, right? Just that level one, the level two, level three, et cetera. Get all the green ones of those levels. I don't know. There's a lot of interesting things you can do and you can do them for cheap also, other than the low ID numbers. Those ones have now really had a premium on them uh, as people have started to figure it out. And part of the reason people are put a premium on the low is the giveaways, right? Uh, so maybe you want to talk about that. Uh, Jay, pause the decal and the upcoming Grant Yoon giveaway. The, the the giveaways are the ones that I'm really fascinated with because not only are they rewarding the community through DXP, they're rewarding holders and collectors. So uh, the first one is the decal that was just given away by Galid. Again, there's 10 variations of their the DECA logo, 10 of each, so it's technically an addition. But, you know, these were airdropped to to the holders and collectors of, of the collection, you know, and you know more about this P than I do, but you know, the, I believe it was based on how many decagons you held and the amount of DXP that you had. And I think it was specifically maybe not like level 30, the, the, the rank of your decagon was taken into consideration and how many you hold. So it was a really intriguing play. And you can see on the screen here, like on OpenSea, the, the floor on this is an ETH. You know, and it's pretty thin up until, you know, two. And then if, after you go past two ETH, it just skyrockets. And, you know, it's another really intriguing point to, again, somebody who was collecting, growing their deck of guns, it, they were airdropped something and it was, you know, from a really renowned artist. And then the one coming up that they just announced is with Grant Yoon. And it's amazing that they're trying to do something on a regular cadence to reward them. And the thing I really appreciate about it is, it's very transparent how they're doing it. Like, you know, they, they tweeted about how, who, how to get in the raffle and, and how they're going to start to wait some of these entries. So, you know, a, as you engage more with the community, as you start to really collect, you know, the, they're going to reward the community and, and the holders. And I think that that's a, a really interesting dynamic. So again, somebody can get into the community relatively cheap, whether it's buying entry level deck accounts, leveling them up, grinding and, and getting your own and then the that level of engagement and holding is going to be rewarded long term i think it's an interesting dynamic for somebody who may not have a tremendous amount of capital and still wants to to be a part of this absolutely so there's collectability at the high end if you want to go spend two or three ether and speculate on a low id number decagon you can do that if you want to just mint some and play around with galleries and upgrade your Decagon and then sell it once it gets to a level 10, you can do that too. There, there's really something for all sort of price points. And that is really interesting. And the middle price point is you want to go buy some for 0 0.02, 0 0.03, 0 0.05, buy some that you think look nice. 
you can do that as well. Um, and I, I jumped over to our gallery really quickly to show you what the Grant Yoon deck, uh, I don't know what they're calling it, but the Grant Yoon giveaway will look like. It, it's this right here. They actually changed all their symbols to it. And so it's kind of cool. They're, they're keeping their Decagon symbol and having artists kind of incorporate that into work. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I love this. I'm geeking out on it. I'm going to try to build a whole set. So ho hopefully we can do it. We'll see. But yeah, DECA has really done a tremendous job of engaging the community. And this is all before they even rolled out what they call squares. And this to me is what got me super, super excited and hyped and why I think this is the future of Web3. And when I say this, I mean some of the features they're building. I, I can't say for sure if DECA is going to be the one that the company that makes it, but they've unlocked some innovations that I think will stick around for sure. And where this really starts is some, with something that they're calling squares. And so if you look on the left-hand side here, I'm again, back on our collector's corner, decker.art uh, website, our homepage, they have these different, they're calling them squares, but what these squares really are are different communities. And these communities are currently places, uh, we'll go to the Seize the Memes community, where people are essentially posting various different galleries. And so they are, you know, you can look at anybody's gallery that people are posting and you can right now comment on them and interact with them and see what people are doing. Okay, so who are these people? Well, it, it just kind of depends on who your community is. So if you go to the bottom left in DECA, you can create a square, which is essentially creating a community. And uh, we have this up on the screen over here. And so when you create a square, you have to put down 5,000 DXP as a deposit. So now you have an incentive to use DXP that's more than simply uh, leveling up your Decagon and getting it to look nice. You put in some basic information, but the part to me that's so cool is this last part here, membership requirements. So your community, your square can be open or it can be token gated. And DECA has made it very easy to token gate a community. Now, you, you know, it's not super easy, like your grandmother, if, they, if she, uh, she is not Web3 native, would not be able to do this. But essentially, all you do is you choose your blockchain, you put in the contract address of whatever coin, uh, it could be a coin, it could be an ERC20, or it could be uh, an NFT. And then you put in the ID range of that NFT, or, you know, let's say we have a collector's corner coin, and you have to have 10,000 of them to be in our community, fine. Whatever it is, it makes it really easy and no code to spin up a token gated community. And I want to show you you know, a community that I talk about all the time, the Grailers DAO. Uh, shout out to Grailers. Love Grailers DAO. Huge fan. And they have their community here. And you see this little lock? That means it's token gated. And I want to point this out for two reasons. One, I think that in my experience now, having created a few of these communities and played around with it, thinking about creating the Collector's Corner community, having a token gated community is just a very different feel than having an open community. I think there is a place for both, but I think you certainly want to have the option for both. And we see this right now in Discord. Discord, we have all sorts of communities. Some of them are completely open, like art blocks. Some of them are token gated, like Grailers. There are different use cases for both. But the point is this community formation behavior is very Web3 native. And I think when I say I think they, they started the gun to create the metaverse, it's really about this easy decreasing the friction and the barriers to creating a community. And I'll pause on my implications there, but I'm really excited about this because, uh, you know what, actually, there's one other thing I need to tell you, tell you all about these squares. 
So, okay, you put down 5,000 DXP in order to create a square, but you're not done yet. Your square is not active yet. As you see here on the screen, when you click on the squares page on DECA, you can go to either active or pending. Now, while your square is pending, you need other people to contribute to your Decagon, or sorry, to your square, and they need to contribute DXP. This is, in my mind, this is genius. Why? Because you see here, there are nine contributors to this square education and you need you need 15,000 and each additional founder needs to contribute 1,000 DXP. So you have to go out and find 10 other people who want to be a part of your community and are willing to put down the DXP. That's actually really interesting. And, and I can show it to you. We can even do this one live because, you know, I like education and, and why not? So you just hit contribute and you confirm this is an open DECA square. So I can, anyone contrib can contribute to it. And here, collectors pointers contribute to education. That's within our mission. But if you went to a token gated one, you would not be able to contribute. And so I think what's going to happen is there's going to be tons of experimentation where people are spinning up communities left and right, and we'll find out what types of communities work and don't work. And I really think that communities are the bedrock of Web3 and the bedrock of the metaverse. And so I believe that this no-code, really easy way to spin up a token-gated community or even an open community will be copied. And I think anyone who's tried to spin up a token-gated community on Discord knows that it's not so easy. Uh, Discord is really more Web2 native, but this being a Web3 native company makes it really easy. And I think personally that this type of experience of quickly spinning up a token-gated community, recognizing that it's going to get refined. I don't think, you know, at some point you probably won't have to put in contract addresses and whatnot. But this idea of being able to do it without knowing how to code and being able to do it within five minutes, I think will be replicated and I think it'll become like MetaMask, the same way that we log into all sorts of Web3 uh, websites and companies through our MetaMask. I think we will be spinning up communities in a similar type of mechanism. And so even if DECA does not become the, you know, the, the one metaverse to rule them all, which I don't even know if it'll exist, I think there, there are going to be multiple platforms. I think they nailed the user experience from a creator standpoint in creating a token-gated community, and they'll be innovative in that front. And perhaps there'll be some provenance that comes back to that, uh, even if they don't, like I said, end up being the, the metaverse company. I'm sorry, I went a long riff there. Love to hear your thoughts, Jay Paws. Uh, as far as, look, I'm bullish on, on DECA too. I, I haven't hit fanboy status quite yet. I approach it with a little bit of uh, reservation and I need that. Deep, deep analytics. I think that... You know, for me, I look at the facts, which we covered earlier, which is the artists that are supporting that, which I think is important to the NFT community and the investors behind it are second to none. And then I look at my own. So then there's something that's somewhat subjective, my personal engagement. You know, I have found myself buying more Decagons on the secondary market. I'm starting to stack them. I think it has an asymmetric upside. And, you know, honestly, I've, I've been really enjoyed curating and sharing some of my <laughs> more standard galleries. That I, I, again, I don't have the, the, the creative bone that, that P has to put our, our wonderful deck of galleries together. But, you know, I'm looking at it thinking, and then I, again, in, in Grailers, I'm there also. And it's, you know, talking to the founder and hearing what he's saying, you know, about amazing things coming, you know. He's using emojis like, and he kind of has to, right? Like at the end of the day, he's proud of what he's done and it shows. 
He's using emojis that are like fire, the mind blown one. And, and it's, it's indicative of what's to come. And I think that that's, again, he's not giving away anything, but he's, he's indicating there's something here where we got stuff in store. And I, I think that the more you engage with it, the more it, it, you realize it's a very calculated engagement. I feel that it is something that people are picking up on and it's gaining a lot of traction. I'm, I'll call it cautiously bullish in the sense that like I'm investing, I'm buying the deck of guns and I'm engaging with the community. It's been fun. I mean, I find myself just like uh, anything else. I click on my account, not only to form the, the DXP, but to find the amount of followers and, and viewers uh, or views of my gallery. Like it is something that is, um, it gives you that dopamine hit just like a uh, Twitter or and for all the viewers putting a like on Spotify for our, our podcast, like it, it's something we enjoy. And I, I you know, I, I, I love the integration of it being, you know, out there for everybody. I mean, even the galleries that we put up for collector's corner is viewable by everybody. You know, you don't have to, it's not token gated. It's something that's like highly curated and accessible to, to everybody. It's aligned with that education. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, honestly. Yeah. And I, very much appreciate Jay Paz's leveled approach to thinking about this. I get really excited and hyped about the possibilities. So we thought it'd be a good one to punch for folks to listen to. I'm going to give you my case for where I think things go from here and why I'm so excited about it. And again, I want to caveat this all with, I am not sure if DECA is going to be the one who builds all of this. But I think they have started the race. And this token gating UX is really the big unlock for me. And the reason I think this is such a big unlock is because when I go into one of these, you know, I mentioned Grailers. So bring up like Grailers DAO again. When I go into Grailers DAO Square, I just, I feel a different level of comfort knowing that, okay, this is like kind of my community and I know what people are posting and I can trust them. And somebody says they have something for sale there. They probably really do want to sell it. And, you know, they're not going to waste my time and try to go through this long drawn out, whatever. Right. The point is I, I know these people, I can trust them. I'm, I'm in that community and that gives me a different level of comfort. And, and you'll notice, uh, Collector's Corner is not a member of Grailers. Uh, however, I personally am. That's why this is not showing up here. And I also get to see, you know, different walks of life and people with different interests and what they're posting and what they're showcasing. I do think that there's an increased discovery and there's some, it's interesting. And right now, this is not the first version of DECA. So they could roll things out. I think a lot of people get caught up and they say, well, it's just a gallery. Like I don't, you know, I'm not into galleries, so it's cool, but that seems like a niche thing. But I think what I really want to emphasize to the listeners and why I'm so excited about this is to me that once you get the community built, once you get the tribe together, there's all sorts of interesting things you can do on top of that. You know, I can make the argument that Discord is just a chat. You know, I can chat on iMessage. What, what's so great about Discord? What's different about it? Oh, okay. Well, it has subchats. All right. Well, so does Telegram. My point is that the ability to create and do really interesting things with that community is, in my mind, the big Web3 unlock. And so you want to have that same 
permissioned layer where you can go and quickly spin up communities, where you can go and find your tribe. But then on top of that, what do you want to build? Well, well, DECA started sort of with a social layer and with these galleries. Maybe there'll be a chat next. Uh, maybe there'll be a functionality or an application that's more about analytics. Uh, I, I believe that's more collector focused and less social. And it's all about analytics and being able to snipe things. I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what's going to emerge from this. But I do feel like that ability to quickly create a token gated community will be foundational for that experience. That's just how I experienced it when I went through it. And I, I really want to encourage people to just go and play around with it. Um, don't even spend any money. All of this is free, like Jay Paul said. Go and see how engaging you find it. Get your decagon. You know, spend a do the challenges for a day or two. See if you want to join a couple of these token gated communities. See what it's like, and see for yourself. And if you decide after you go through that, you know, this is actually kind of fun, and I could see this going somewhere, then maybe you consider collecting some of the items there that will cost you money. Maybe you don't. That's fine as well. But I, I really think that people should be paying attention to this because I think it's really interesting and truly what I've been waiting for. When I thought about the metaverse, I've been waiting for this community first metaverse experience. And I feel like it's now starting to happen. And, and that's why I'm so excited about it. But again, our financial advice would be crazy, could be completely wrong. We will find out. Yeah, I think to, to kind of compound on what you're saying is not, one of the things that the more I engage, the more I've noticed that uh, this is about community. You know, whether you want to call it a social platform or or whatever. But I think that, you know, the 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 longevity of this is really predicated on continuing and and, and facilitating an organic engagement, organic community growth. I, I, I had the unlock for the, the squares. You know, you talk about token gated. I think it's cool that the education one is not token gated, right? Like there's going to be, in my opinion, Know, creating that that sense of community and sharing, right? Because to me, like Pinterest was about sharing. Here, you're creating a board with either your art, somebody else's NFTs, and and facilitating, you know, a, a curation aspect. And, you know, this puts you know, for all of, all of us who can't code or create, you know, an NFT art, it, it puts the the ability back into our hands to to get back to the community and share maybe what our vision is and and put our own little personal touch on things and be rewarded for it. So, you know, as the, you know, it's a snowball effect, right? As this continues to grow and it starts to continue to gain momentum, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident that there will be a tipping point for DECA where it becomes the stickiness just gets to be undeniable. So I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I'm more cautiously optimistic, but at the same time, it is, it is oddly addictive. And at the same time, you start to see the the real undertones of community. And it, it has, I think, a ton of upside potential. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And DECA so far has executed really well, kept it engaging. You know, they haven't been, I think their communications have been good. They haven't been saying too much. They haven't been saying too little, uh, keeping interest going. I think they've done a great job of that. I, I'm really excited to see where they go from here. And, you know, I think this is an interesting time for everybody to see this experiment that is, is interesting in so many ways between the infinite, uh, you know, the infinite NFT 
with the decagons and the right-click shares and now these various ways you can interact with people and, and their NFTs or the galleries they make of NFTs that are not theirs. And I just really think it's worth paying attention to because part of what's so special about this time is all the experimentation and really all of us collectively building the metaverse. And uh, that to me is, is worth uh, a little bit of a time investment and uh, just to, to play around. And really, I, I, like I said, again, I really encourage you to just pay attention to the way you're feeling when you're interacting in an open community versus a to- token-gated community versus maybe trying to start a community. And for all the builders out there who are trying to start a community, really pay attention to this. Go and try to start a square. Even if you don't have the DXP, you can't actually create the square, just click through it and, and see what it's like. And I think you might be surprised and perhaps might feel the same way that I do about that experience. And they're really excited to see where this goes, uh, not just for DECA, but for, for everybody in the space. And, and I know this is like somewhat apples and oranges, but you know, you, you listen to a couple, I'm obviously a squiggle maxi, right? Anybody who knows me, but the, one of the things that, you know, you, you listen to the early collectors and they were like, man, I couldn't tell if I was going to be a genius or a dope for minting these things out at 35 bucks a piece. And people were minting hundreds of them. You know, now I look at this and it's like, you know, we've talked about it off screen. P. It's like, you know, are we, are we dopes for, you know, collecting the decagons or is this going to end up being a, a brilliant move? TBD. Right. But the, the reality is, is that uh, there's something engaging and there's something I'll call it, oddly optimistic amongst the community and when you start looking at people's actions i'm a big actions type thing and you start to see those double digits selling for you know anywhere from four to ten ETH. you start seeing like major collectors collecting and getting excited about you know free grant union <laughs> deca decal you know like there, there's something there it definitely has momentum that is undeniable and as you've as you've stated i don't know what's coming up next but I can say I'm excited to see what they deploy and, and what comes out as a result of it. Right. And, and this will take time, right? I mean, yeah. we are still squarely in the middle of a bear market. We, we don't know where it'll end. Uh, I think most people have felt that a lot of folks who were in the NFT space have now left uh, for a multitude of reasons, not as much opportunity, felt like they got burned, did get burned, whatever. I think that it will be really interesting to see, you know, that presents an opportunity because if you're paying attention, there won't be that many people who are. And again, I come back to what is that user experience like for you? If you are really enjoying it, uh, I would consider collecting around DECA if you are really enjoying it and if you can afford it. Because to me, this is all about experimentation and figuring out what works here in this, this new digital world. And yeah, that it's it's super exciting, and I, I think that's that's pretty much all I had. Jay, pause. Anything else you want to say about Deca? You see me looking up and to the left. I mean, I upgraded my Decagon twice since we've been on the on the the presentation. It's it's fun to be a part of it. I mean, that's another thing that I, I we didn't touch on that. You know, we all love generative release. You and I, but you know, our audience loves generative art, and here you are, like influencing the algorithm. You're you have the optionality to start, stop. Like, like I said, I have a level one that I'm not going to ever upgrade because I just love it. You know, I'm addicted to my own that I'm leveling up. I mean, it's, you know, as P talked about, like, you know, I would recommend getting in, engaging, not only with the community, but with a Decagon. It's a fun, fun process. And 
and for that reason, again, I think there's a lot of a lot of upside potential here. Right, and the last thing I'll say. Uh, that's a great point, Jay. Pause. Uh, and uh, no, nobody can see you on screen, so didn't see you looking up to the left. But it's very fun to upgrade these things. And if you're on here, it's, it you start wanting to engage. The other thing is, I really believe that Deco will make it easier for collectors to find different items, and I think that will be done through the squares. But for example, if you're in a Discord and you have a bunch of friends in there you don't actually know what they're trying to sell and you might be they might be selling something that you want to buy and there could be an easy trade there outside of the trading channels that are often filled with people who are kind of professional traders it's kind of hard to see it i think that this would be a place where it'd be a lot easier to figure out what's for sale amongst people in your community right amongst people who you don't have to posture and negotiate with and you can just get a smooth deal done with uh, presumably, of course, that's not going to be the case everywhere. And I think that from that standpoint, Deco will be, or sorry, could potentially be a great tool in your collecting experience, even if you're not interested in being part of a community or any of these other social features. Yeah, it's, uh, anyways, I think, you know, this was uh, intended to be a dialogue for something that, you know, is exciting. It's not as established as uh, some of the projects that we've done a deep dive into previously, but you know, it is something that has excitement and, and we definitely wanted to bring it to the audience's attention. Since this is, you know, a new format around the corner, free flow conversation, you know, again, feedback's always welcome. Please feel free to to share with us. We're, we're actively looking at ways to bring each of you listeners uh, enhanced content and, and share with you something that may or may not have been on your radar and give you at least two new perspectives. Absolutely. And echoing Jay Paws, please give us any feedback. Please let us know what you think about our thoughts. Let, let me know if you think I'm crazy about all this uh, long-term where this goes metaverse stuff. But any thoughts you have, we'd love to hear from you. And we really appreciate you taking the time to listen. We've got to put something 12 months on the calendar from from uh, when this gets published to check in and see how... Uh, how how much of a dope we are and how much of it was actually accurate. It'll be a fun, a fun episode. Exactly. Were we are we crazy or are we early? Only time will tell. Okay. You tell us. You tell us how how will how this will age. Absolutely. All right. Well until next time. We'll see you then. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you found it useful in your collecting journey. Please check out our website, www.collectorscorner.xyz, for show notes and digital art galleries related to this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter, at collectors underscore XYZ. If you'd like to help us out, please leave us a five-star review on our website or your favorite podcasting platform and or leave some feedback on how we can do better. The Collector's Corner team and guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.